Schools are complex places and teaching and learning can only take place when the classroom is in a place where this is able to happen. In the bad old days, a teacher's job was to dole out discipline and this generally took the form of physical violence, which then, after physical violence was not allowed anymore, evolved to dark sarcasm in the classroom, to quote Pink Floyd. However, like most things in education, everything evolves and the 21st century has introduced us to better ways of doing almost everything, including how a classroom environment works. And teachers won't be surprised to hear that it's now all down to relationships. Restorative practices have been around for a number of years, but one teacher decided she wanted to spread the word as far as she could and made the big decision to leave the classroom and has now become one of the most well-known voices of restorative practice. I was lucky enough to be contacted by Michelle Stowe for a nice chat about all things RP. If you'd like to know more about restorative practice and start that journey, there's no better place to start than attending the Connect RP e-conference on Saturday the 4th of March 2023. Simply Google Connect RP or go to connectrp.ie for more information. Hello, you're very welcome to If I Were the Minister for Education from Anshah.net. This is Simon speaking and I have to say I'm very, very, very excited about my next interview, which is about to happen. Uh, I am meeting uh, someone I've known about for quite some time. Um, If you have, um, if you mention the words restorative practice to any teacher, there is one name that always jumps out. uh, uh, And that is my next guest. That is Michelle Stowe, who is a teacher and also the founder and director of RP Connect, um, also known by many children as the giraffe lady. So, um, and and she will explain that in, in the next uh, little while or so. Michelle, I'm so happy to meet you finally. Uh, thanks so much for coming on to the podcast. Awesome. I'm so delighted to get to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's really lovely to meet you too. I'm a big fan of all your work myself. Oh, thank you. That's that's really kind. Um, well, for people who don't know you, I, I always ask, the, and it's like the first question in an interview is, tell us about yourself, because while most teachers listening to this will probably have heard of you um, and may have, and many of them will have done some of your some of your courses and things like that, there, there's probably, you know, a couple of people who've been living under a rock who might not know who you are. Uh, so maybe <laughs> you could tell us a little about yourself, your career and how you got and how Connect RP came into being and what it actually is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I always describe myself, I feel like a teacher at heart, you know, that's what I do. That's what I'm passionate about. And I taught for 16 years in the post-primary context initially. And then, you know, I got trained in restorative practice. We had a group from CDI, brought a group over and my school was was kind of served by that local link agency. And I thought, listen, this is me. I'm loving it, you know, and just really resonated with me. And then um, I went out to be a trainer and um through through my master's in education I had an opportunity to do a research project and I think that really probably changed the trajectory of my career you know I never planned to leave the classroom um 
really miss it often, even though it's really hard. I remember it can be really hard some days, but I really miss that kind of connection. But I'm so mm. passionate at what I do. So I got to work with a group of teachers um, who volunteered to be part of this research. And I thought it would be an eight week kind of a thing where we met every week and we looked at our, our restorative practice um, in our classrooms. And we three years later, we were still meeting every week. You know, we, we, we loved it. And it was about being restored with one another. It was that kind of journey. And that really started um, the what I the work I do now it's probably the the seeds of it. Um, I was trying to do both. Uh, I was trying to work uh, and promote restorative practice and also you know teach in my gorgeous classroom. And so then I decided, look, I'll, I'll take a leap of faith. And and I I had a year one year career break initially, and then way led on to way. And then as you said, now I'm now the giraffe lady. <laughs> so, <laughs> there's a funny story about the giraffe. Will I tell you, Simon, the the story about the giraffe? Do, um, please do. Those. Those who don't know me, right? So I'm very, very tall. You won't be able to tell this podcast. I'm a six footer, you know. And as a kid, I was always slagged for being a giraffe, right? My, my brothers and sisters, you know, anyone with a sibling here will know what I'm talking about. And, um, just coincidentally, um, years, years and years later, when, um, I was going off doing a bit of volunteering in Africa and a friend of mine gave me a giraffe, right? To keep me company and a teddy giraffe, sorry. <laughs> so I was using this as my, when I got trained, I was using a giraffe as my sharing piece, you know, and I found out then when we had a group who were studying a, a master's in conflict resolution and who'd come to the school to see what we were doing, you know? So I, I teach in that master's mm-hmm. program now, but they were coming to see what we were doing and they said to me, Michelle, I see you're using uh, Rosenberg's giraffe, you know? And I was like, um, no, well, I didn't know what they were talking about. And they told me the giraffe was known yeah. as the restorative animal because it has the biggest heart of all the mm. land animals. And when working right. restoratively, as those of you know, it's working with that heart space and they belong next. So they can see everybody's perspective, you know? So now the giraffe is really mm. integrated into the work that I do, you know, as a concept, especially when I work with young children, you know, and we're using the yeah. giraffe as, you know, did we share from our heart? Um, but I was, I, I was coming out of my, um, my, my apartment block there last week and, um, these these kids, you know, were getting in trouble for being a little bit dangerous in, on their bikes, you know, and cars were beeping them out of it. And then one of them shouted over to me, here, missus, are you the giraffe lady? And I was like, ah, because they I said, are you doing the program in school? They were like, yeah. I said, do you like it? And they said, it's all right. <laughs> so I thought, you know, there you go. That's how the giraffe, the giraffe lady uh, label came about. But really, I guess it stems from that nonviolent communication, Rosenberg's work, and it, it's become a, a huge um, symbol in the work that I get to do now around restorative practice. Brilliant. I, I love that, uh, that it's all right. Yeah, that's the highest it's praise you're going right. to get. You know, <laughs> yeah. kind of outside uh, the apartment getting deeped out of it, I think. Yeah, <laughs> you definitely take that praise. Yeah, exactly. I, um, I, 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 I must uh, talk to you a little bit about um, behaviour um, in, in classrooms, because I think that's that's where you kind of come in when, it, when people are thinking about schools. Um, and and behaviour is a kind of a weird word nowadays. You know, it used to be, it used to be very simple. It kind of discipline and behaviour used to be, the t- you know, used to be synonymous, you know, kind of thing for the last, you know, 200 years or so in where, where you know, teachers gave discipline out to children in, 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 you know, I suppose less violent ways as we've gone on in the world. And, um, but over the last, I suppose, couple of decades or so, you know, in much, much in the way that all classroom practices move from this kind of behaviorist model to, to, a, yeah. to a different way of thinking, sort of more of a, you know, um, I, I think we've, we've kind of, we're, we're still working on it because I think it, it moved on from, let's say, discipline to, let's say, rewarding behavior or you know yeah. consequences of these kind of you know 
but it's moving to a different way, like a more or less, you know, RP is different, isn't it? What t- yeah. t- Tell us a bit about what RP does as opposed to, let's say, rewards, yeah. consequences, or obviously not discipline. <laughs> yeah, and so, do you know, actually, my I, ha- I write a, a, a little blog, and there's one next month is around that idea of the root of the word discipline, um, meaning to teach, you know, not to punish. And I guess even trying to revisit that idea that we're, we're trying to do is support each other when things go wrong, to, to learn, to grow, and... Um, to, to make amends, you know, but when I think about that idea of moving, I mean, that paradigm shift from behavior management and instead the idea of relationship keeping, trying to be the keepers and support each other to, 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 um, to have that relational kind of space where I guess our, hopefully our, our values reside. So it's not about control or conformity, but it's about connection and community trying to cultivate um, empathy, you know. Um, and I think when we think about re- rewards and consequences, oh, I'm a huge fan of Alfie Cohn. I don't know if you've heard of him. So yeah. uh, Beyond Discipline. Yeah, he's first name I thought of when, uh, when I was saying yeah, you know, I was asking yeah. this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Alfie Cohn. He really helps stretch my thinking, you know, because it is that paradigm shift. So that's why I love the research and the work I get to do now. It's that re- relational thinking is so so important I guess when you think about the practices because the practices and language which we might chat about in a, in a while are one thing but the root of that will be you know that relational thinking I have and so when we think about rewards and consequences you know it's that idea of like you said control um, and instead we're trying to support us with doing the right thing if no one's watching it's not because I'll catch you and you'll be in trouble or you'll get a sticker you know, yeah. um, and I understand that sometimes that that, that lean into rewards is still because it, it can seem to foster that a positive opportunity between two. And, you know, and I really do understand that. And I get that from when I was working in my classroom. You're like, you know, we need we want something that works. And so I think it's also defining what what how do we define success? You know, and um, what does it works look like? And that's why I always bring people back to that idea of, you know, um who, I guess, living from our, our values, because ultimately that restorative approach is is about, um, you know, it's a values based philosophy. So when I work in a primary school, I use the FRIENDS acronym um, and I have a student curriculum program around the FRIENDS acronym. Or when I work with young children, again, I'll, I'll look at the, the little animals. I have an on safari with the RP buddies to try and bring the values in, like the, the giraffe with its big heart, you know, the empathy. Um, we have hedge and hog, the hedgehogs with their soft bellies. Yeah trying to promote positive communication so it's it's that it's moving away from that idea of um you know do what I say you know but I'll ask you nicely which sometimes RP is misunderstood as or you know because it's the rules and you have to well because it is the right thing to do and I guess when we when we have our our, perhaps our values and then as a class look at what are the behavioral characteristics of our values you know what would that look like sound like feel like you know and and that's when we try to to um use that as our compass you know and I think it, it's far yeah. more likely to promote um, connection and and um, that idea of doing the right thing, you know, if no one's watching. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, that 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 makes sense. Um, the the big thing, I, I, as you as you're saying, is is relationships when it comes to RP. It's all all about relationships, and um, I, I think one of the big things that teachers are opening their minds up to is that idea of relational awareness and being a powerful tool for for education. Um, and I suppose there's, there's more, I suppose it's more than just, you know, 
one relationship in a school, you've got, you know, teacher, 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 staff, parents, teachers, parents, students, all the, so many of them. But we'll focus on one, which is just the teacher student relationship just for, for, for this one. Uh, Cause we, 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 this could be a, a series rather than a one single <laughs> podcast. If we don't, if we don't. Hey, I'm up for it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, great. <laughs> That's that uh, might, might be a side project for us here. Uh, but let's, let's focus on the teacher student relationship and, what does that look like, let's say, in a healthy and let's let's make it harder again, a healthy Irish classroom with with uh, with all the constraints? So, yeah, I love this question because I love when we think about restorative practice, bringing that philosophy and the practices into the teaching and learning classroom, you know, into our relational pedagogy. And so I think a, a healthy classroom is one where we feel safe. You know, learning can be risky business, as we say. We know that our brains work far more efficiently when it feels safe, when when it feels good, you know. Um, but when I'm bringing that in as a teacher, I guess, and I'm I'm working in my classroom, I bring in these explicit practices that support me to connect with my students whilst and through our teaching and learning. So whether, you know, that's um, using standing concentric circles, which I can do really quickly in 10 minutes, you know, and inviting the students often to lead the learning, you know, with, a, with some scaffolding. Um, but it's a methodology that supports relationships and connection and mm-hmm. um, that invites, you know, sometimes empathy into the room. I might use I might use a one word whiz I call, especially like you said, we've large classrooms, there's 30 kids, I can't move all the chairs. So, you know, using a one word whiz with my giraffes and, and, you know, again, that's very helpful, especially I think sometimes in, in my setting, in a post-primary setting, it was trying to extract information from, from kids. And sometimes in a primary setting, I noticed it's they, they, they want to talk and talk and talk and talk. So I think when I use that, uh, the practice of the one word whiz and still tapping into all the collective wisdom in the room, I might invite people to share, you know, one keyword they can remember around volcanoes, if we were sitting in volcanoes or, or, you know, it could be even a one word whiz that would create that bit of connection and belonging. Like, for example, if you could have anything for your dinner tonight what would it be you know and it's it's an opportunity making eye contact bringing in the the student voice making the classroom a little bit safer you know to share mm. and tapping into our students personal scripts you know and um, but in a way yeah. that's also manageable in a busy classroom and in a way that supports me with my teaching and learning um i think it's it's trying to think about that restorative approach again beyond the idea that you know it's something that we use when when there's a challenge or a conflict and i guess we're in relationships all day every day unlike restorative justice mm. which is perhaps where you know there was a, obviously an issue or um a crime and and those who were involved are, are sought to to come together and share how they've been harmed and make amends mm. In a, in, in a school context, we're in community all day, every day. So we're thinking about restorative practice in relation to that idea of relational pedagogy and that way of being and thinking in the classroom. And then we have practices and processes to support us. So it's operational as well. Do you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's, 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 that's great. I mean, one of the things I mean, I suppose that I, I'm sure you're, 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 you're probably, I don't know if, the, if, if you're, if you're happy when, when you hear this uh, or, or not is when people hear about RP, the apart from you if it's going oh that's michelle so they also go oh that's the six <laughs> questions <laughs> uh, yes. and uh, you know it's not the it's obviously not the full picture but it's the first thing i think that people kind of yeah. tend to you know you go into I, i've gone into schools recently and you see you know people with lanyards with you know the six questions yes. on them and all the rest yes. of it uh and i know it's more than that but i think it's probably the first the first introduction let's say that people have yes. to rp so could you tell Absolutely. us a little bit about that 
Sure. Yeah. And I really, because it's it, what's so helpful is that there's an explicit language. And I think that really attracts people, you know, and we're building those conflict mm. literacy skills, which is so important. And um, the questions in essence, I guess, if, if I often say if one word, if I to describe in one word, the shift, often when things go wrong, we tend to, you know, blame. It's our instinct. I'm 44. I do this for a living and I'll do the exact same thing. You know, when I'm back into a corner, I'll say, no, well, what about the last time when you didn't or whatever? We just really can't help it sometimes. So it's wonderful to have yeah. a practice or a support where I'll go, okay, come on, come back to my questions. And that idea of, in essence, moving away from blame and instead, we're not pretending it didn't happen. You know, because that's the other thing. Restorative practice, isn't it? Let's just, you know, skip and hold hands and pretend it didn't happen. It's giving us a, a language to <laughs> acknowledge when harm happens. So moving away from blame to harm, because mm. blame is proportionate. You know, who did it? No, you start. No, you did first. No, it was you. And uh, harm, on the other hand, can be everybody's, you know, and it's far more likely when we when we explore harm to look at, um, to promote empathy, you know, and, and that desire maybe to, to make amends. And so in essence, the questions go from the past to the present to the future. For example, many people will be familiar with the what happened question. So rather than why did you do this? What? It's mm. the what happened. It's sharing the story, you know. Um, and I think, you know, story can be, again, a wonderful opportunity for connection, as, is, as can conflict. It's not like conflict's bad. We're not mm. about conflict. That's the, uh, you know, one of the key yeah. principles of European education is that conflict is an opportunity for connection. And I think the, the questions mm. can usher us in that direction. They bring us from the past, which we often focus on. You did. I didn't. You did. I saw you. CCTV, you know, <laughs> being a very focused in the past. But yeah. here we go. Well, well, you know, what are you thinking of feeling now and bring us into the present and then indeed the future? What needs to happen next? You know, how could we move forward? And again, mm. that's the idea of being adaptive or solution focused. You know, um, I've just created a, a I had the opportunity to create a, a problem solving wheel. And again, to support us with opportunities to open up the discourse in that direction you know and there were start of questions but here the thing about the questions I think they're so helpful and incredibly attractive for for us but it, the intention is so important you know so if I'm engaging in a, in a dialogue mm. a dance uh, if I'm engaging in a, in a yeah. discourse between two my intention isn't you know for you to do what I say and it didn't work he didn't do it she's I asked the question they still didn't <laughs> the intention is uh empathy you know a uh, connection yeah um so i think when it comes from that space the tone the context is is layered and that's that's how we're kind of um supporting that language into the room and and again i guess you know some people may have seen my 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 tedx you know where i got to illustrate a little example where i go first you know so uh, in this context of i'm a teacher i might share first uh, it's not an interview or it's not an interrogation and what happened what we think yeah. at the time what do you think of them i'm saying look from my perspective how about you <laughs> you know this is what i was thinking Hey, wait, you know, so I'm trying to model, you know, like Belinda Hopkins says, Dr. Belinda yes. Hopkins, I'm a huge fan of her work. Very blessed to have her as a mentor in my life. And she says, if we're not modeling right. what we teach, we're teaching something else, you know, and I, I think that's so true. And um, so when mm. I think about the questions, I'm trying to think, you know, again, that idea of, uh, be, I often think of it I um, on th as, as, as three stages, you know, so the third stage yes. is asking the questions. Okay. The first stage I think of it is, am I thinking relationally? Have I thought, I wonder what happened where that showed up, you know, as opposed to, you know, just going straight in. And um, so I'm thinking and then I'm, I'm, I'm sharing and then I'm asking, you know, so I think of it in that, in that, in that way, it helps me uh, align myself with the, the values that the, the questions are seeking to promote. Very good. No, that's, that, that's great. I, I, I mean, one of the, 
things I think that a lot of teachers um, that I've spoken to anyway, uh, when we were kind of all journeying a little bit together in, in, in this is um, like the, there's a bit of curiosity around, OK, well, you you know, we're in a school maybe that doesn't, you yeah. know, might be a bit more traditional, might be a little bit um you know, or maybe not necessarily traditional, just haven't haven't had that sh- mind shift, you know, the, to, towards because teaching is a, as we both know, is a, 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 you know, you're you're it's some element of crowd control, <laughs> you know, yeah. in, in it, um, <laughs> whether we like it or not, it, yeah. it's a little bit of that. Um, but if you know, when you started your journey, you were probably in a school that wasn't an RP school that couldn't have been because you invented it, you know, kind of thing. So, uh, and, um, yeah, no, I didn't so invent RP. How then, would a teacher? On. Yeah. I know. Um, I'm only, I'm only teasing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I just, I'm how, how would a teacher in a school that's quite. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I'm, I'm very, I'm very naughty. <laughs> and I, I kind of tease people. Uh, really yeah. 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 No. So no, I mean, look, yeah. I'm so, it's, yeah. as, as many of the listeners will know, it has its roots in indigenous communities and even in Breton law, I think in that Irish context, working in circles and working together. But if I'm in a classroom, let's say I'm in a school that's yeah. not yet as a whole school committed to the use of restorative practice. And that's a very long-term journey. So I get to work with a lot of schools on that very long-term journey, you know, where we might iterate over time. But I always think, well, first of all, it's like, I love that Maya Angelou um, definition of success, you know. Um, she says success is liking who you are, liking what you do and liking mm-hmm. how you do it. So when I think of my classroom, you know, um, I guess the first point, even if there's a policy that says X, Y, or Z, I guess, am I thinking relationally? Am I thinking, how dare he say that? How dare she do that? I'm not letting her away with that, you know, mm-hmm. which some days I can when I'm tired and I've no sleep and I'm jaded, you know, and I take it very personally. Or am yeah. I thinking, I wonder what needs are driving that behavior? Um, and I guess looking it's not that we can meet all of our students' needs. Like you mentioned, you know, there are so many complicated, um, maybe unmet needs within our classrooms. And as, as, mm. as a person, I can't have that burden on my shoulders. But I think if I'm thinking relationally, it allows me to maintain my empathic bond. Do you know, it allows, it allows me kind of meet the situation okay. with, you know, a softer lens. Parker Palmer has a beautiful experience expression that I use a lot for myself and also promoting the work I get to do looking with soft eyes turn to wonder softer eyes um and also I guess if mm. I'm trying to rather than get it involved in a power struggle that can often escalate a situation you did you didn't need and like I illustrated in my TEDx you know I get into them sometimes too and then I go what was I doing you know and again trying to come <laughs> back home so instead I might try and earth a situation I might try and um, yeah. use that, that use the giraffe talk, you know, look, I'm, I'm just worried that we're not going to get there. I'm worried that, you know, yeah. we, or I'm, I'm frustrated because this is the third time we've stopped. Good man. Come on. I need you to work with me as opposed to you do that one more time. You'd be in big trouble. So I think it's the yeah. all day, regardless of the systems and structures we might work within. I think I have a lot of influence in how I'm thinking and how I'm showing up in my own classroom, you know, um, but, it, it, you know, no doubt about it. It can be a challenge and a barrier if a school isn't on that journey as a whole school. Um, but I mm. still think that we have a lot of influence in being the change we want to see in our own spaces, you know. Um, yeah. 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 I mean, our, our teachers, in a way, we, we, we have our little, um, I always say classrooms are like little fiefdoms in a way. They're like yeah. we are kind of little, <laughs> little uh, countries within a, within a kind of a continent almost. And, and you can. <laughs> Do, and it's a great thing about the Irish, Irish classroom is we do have a lot of freedom uh, yeah. still. And, and and I think we should cherish that uh, because it allows us to do really interesting things. And some of them 
obviously work um and some of them some of them don't <laughs> to have the freedom I, I i always think i trained in the uk and i i remember yeah. one of the reasons i really didn't want to stay there as much as i loved living over there uh yeah. for the time i was there was that risk wasn't really appreciated that if something went wrong I, I, I love um, and it's something I suppose we, 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 we might take for granted is that yeah. we do have a lot of freedom um, to um, try things out, uh, you know, whether that is mm-hmm. maybe going uh, trying out an RP approach within our own classroom, even if our school yeah. doesn't, um, you know, kind of, um, you know, have it as their policy or whatever it might be. Um, so, I, I mean, I think that's, that's worth mentioning as well. Another thing that um, teachers often uh, and uh, often say to me um when we're uh, when we're talking about uh, you know, things because we're exploring it in our own school at the moment um you know the the idea of our, we're continuing our kind of journey and relational awareness uh, which we've been doing for about 5 or 6 years and moving away from a kind of a behavior policy to a, to something else which we we nearly have a name for we've actually spent a long time thinking about this <laughs> which you believe um uh, but um one of the things that comes up is I've got 30 kids in my class. Yeah. I'm, I need to talk to child X. What are the other 29 children doing while I'm, you know, going through the six questions and so on and so forth. And, you know, the, the, uh, you know, and in fairness, it's a question that's asked. And I, I never, I, I never, I never know what the, what the right answer is. So, you know, sure. now that I have the opportunity to talk to you directly, what do you do? <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, there's a gorgeous book, Nancy Reinstein. She has a book called The Circle in the Square. And that idea that I'm talking mm. about circles and we're in buildings that are square, classrooms that are square, structures that are often rigid and square. And we're talking about flexible mm. and soft. And so I guess what I'm always thinking is we do what we can with what we have available to us, you know, um, yeah. And I'll tell you a couple of strategies that maybe I can't, that, that might be supportive, but ultimately there might be some days where I can't have that conversation. I don't have the 10 minutes, but yes, I, I still think if I'm thinking relationally, I still maintain the, the, the empathic bond where maybe next time when I meet the kid, I'm not giving them the evil thinking one more word and you're in big trouble. I might say, lovely yeah. to see you today. Will we start again? You know, so, um, but for example, let's say in a primary context, I have um, a couple of resources to try and navigate that tricky situation. So, um, you know, I guess you mentioned the restorative question, have a little reflection sheet that can invite us to pause a conversation, say, look, you know, I'm going to invite you to have a little think about that there. And we'll, we'll chat about it at half 12 or three or, or another time that might work. Um, or I have a, a lovely program called um, Making Amends and Filling Buckets. And, and, and again, they're little, the little support or strategies um, that problem solving wheel, for example, to, 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 to allow us to earth and ground the situation for us because Bruce Perry, I'm a big fan of Bruce Perry, I, um, his work, you know, and, um, he, you know, he, he talks about the neurosequential model, right? But uh, again, when, when we think about that restorative conversation that we're going to have anyway, he invites us to consider three ors. And the third or is the reason, you know, where we're going to have a conversation where we've access to our wise owl, as I say to the children. Um, but of course, our prefrontal cortex where we have language, you know, our executive function. But but we, we can't really have that conversation until the first or where, um, you know, that we have regulated. So often time is very, mm. very helpful to earth the situation anyway. So therefore, sometimes the little um, 
and look, teachers are, they amaze me. They are so creative and adaptive in what they do. Mm. How, how we do, we do all day, every day, navigating 30, 30 odd kids in the classroom is very challenging. So they'll already have strategies. You know, they could have the, you know, you might have the, the Zen Den, a, a place where a student might go to regulate. And again, the more mm. we, the more we learn about the brain, I think that, you know, in, a, in an Irish context, I do think that we're, we're opening up to that idea of equity where people, our students get what they need to be successful. So maybe not all 30 are sitting in the corner for, you know, or going on a regulating walk, but this student at this time um, might need that yeah. to, to come into the YSL to regulate, you know. Um, and I think mm. what's really important for the success of that, because one of the challenges for teachers is, well, 30 people are watching. Like if I don't make a, if I don't make a move here, you know. Um, yeah. but, but, so I think it, that's why I think it has to be part of a, uh, ideally, part of a context a whole school or a whole classroom context and you know I have two curriculum programs for primary school to support that you know so one of the one of the values we we look at in the senior primary is that idea of equity you know where Mm. we get what we need to be successful and part of that might be somewhere some of us need a little bit more time or support with with regulating with staying calm and some of us need a bit more support when it comes to you know literacy or playing football or whatever that might be but I think to bring that I have a poster that supports us with it that involves giraffe but I do think it's important (laughs) to bring that (laughs) <laughs> that awareness for a community, you know, so that yes. we're we're kind of again trying to mind each other here as best as we can. But it it can be challenging. There's no doubt about it. Um, so I think it's trying to be as adaptive as we can and and think of it mm. as a circle in the square. And some days we won't get there, you know. And and, and yeah, and yeah, we will. Do you know? Yeah, absolutely. No, I think that that that's fair. I, I like that. So the circle in the square kind of uh, analogy. I another, and this is absolutely nothing to what we're talking about. I, I remember going to a talk uh, years ago. God, it's ten years ago, and it had such an impact on me. I don't know why, but uh, he was talking about thinking outside the box. Uh, he said yeah. he hates it. He hates it. And he was like, the reason I, there is no box, and uh, that was his, <laughs> and I was like, oh, that is so great. I love it. I love that too. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really stuck with me. So you know, yeah. this is, that's that. I, I love, I love shape based analogies. For that. clearly, yeah. clearly, that's my thing now. Uh, so thanks for that one. Yeah. <laughs> but um, one of the other things, because uh, I'm going to go through all my problems with you now. Uh, yeah. yeah, but uh, not not really. Um, I'm, another thing that uh, I, often often I hear after you know I've um, spoken to people at the RP and the end of things is, but what if? And it's always yeah. this, what if, and there's a nice pause. There's always a lovely pause. <laughs> what if, you know. So I can say it's wet. What yeah, if little Johnny, you know, beats the seven stages of whatever. Yeah. Uh, 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 and like, what are you, what's RP going to do with that then, you know? Yeah. Kinda get, uh, almost like I have the answer. So, you know. Sure. Um, and, and I think I, I, I think I'm going to, I'm not even going to second guess. Uh what, what you know? What, how how do you deal with questions? Like, I'm sure you get that question. Of course, I do. I'd yeah. say nine times out of ten. Yeah, and our brains tend to go straight to the most serious or difficult scenario, which again is 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 understandable. Our brains trying to mind ourselves, you know. And um, so, I guess part yeah. of it. I'll answer that question specifically, but part of it is also trying to bring in all the other benefits. I think it's very hard when we work with huge, serious issues. I think are, are complicated on that needs. It's hard if you're punitive, and it's hard if you're restorative. But we pick our heart, you know. Uh, but when I think about, a, let's say, a violent fight, you know, and you might have a school with a policy there and there's a health and safety issue and the students might be suspended, you know. And 
you know, indeed, that might be the right thing in this context. It's part of our policy and all of our communities will be expecting that. And I don't think it's ever helpful to abolish policy without having built the capacity and um, the, the other the other processes to replace it, because otherwise people feel disarmed or frustrated. And also, yeah. you know, um, I think that it's not it, it doesn't have to be either or in a school that's on the journey. So, for example, hmm. let's say it was a very violent fight. I, I'd often think to myself, also, what's the five day suspension going to do? Because you think about we remove yeah. a threat, right? But it's not the same as establishing safety within a school. So when the five mm. days are up and the student comes back, that's why so many of our yeah. students are locked into that punitive cycle. I get to work. I mm. um, have a wonderful opportunity, a bit less so these days, but I would love to, you know, to, to find time to honour it properly um, in, as part of an alternative to violence programme in prison. I'm even thinking of, you know, a specific incident, let's say, in this, in one of the schools I got a teacher, there was a very violent fight, you know, and it was very disturbing. And the two young men were suspended. And there was a lot of worry in our community as well around the, the impact that might have outside of school, too. And so there was a safety issue there. But that was a punitive response. But we also had a huge restorative um, response around it also. So, for example, the class before lunchtime who had been present when the fight happened were really impacted by it. Remember how facilitating a circle with the students around, you know, how we were at, uh, how we were feeling and also, you know, trying to minimise the damage of what had happened. In other words, the students come up with ideas mm. and solutions around, you know, trying not to escalate it outside or share it on Facebook or, you know, trying to support the group to be part of the, the solution. That idea of collective and, and community um, accountability and support. And then, of course, when the young two young men came back to school, they were met separately. They were brought together for a restorative meeting before they were re reintegrated into the class. And that was really, really important to try and reestablish mm. a sense of safety or to 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 kind of um, acknowledge the harm that had happened, you know, and, and often a punitive response in isolation won't do that, you know. And so I yeah. think when we think about the circle and the square, that's an example of what I'm saying in a very serious issue where a school hasn't gone mm. on that journey and there are policies and stakeholders expecting a certain response, but we can still navigate and lean into that restorative approach um, and juggle. I, I always think we're kind of juggling uh, uh, um, both systems there, um, which is a part of change. And change is messy. I always think change is messy, but the alternative is not to change at all, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and that's, 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 that's even worse, you know, and I mean, not to change, particularly. Um, yeah, I think, I think when you get a fright, um, maybe when you're going through a, on a journey, sometimes it can, you know, the temptation is to go backwards, you know, and, and, you know, you see that in all sorts of uh, different things, even, you know, I, government policies, you know, and, you know, yes. at that point, you know, it's, they're going on a, going kind of in the right direction. Then all of a sudden there's a setback yes. and the temptation is to right. be conservative. Back. Really in the, in yeah. The, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah 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 so i mean i think um that's i think it's a challenge with change anyway um but um that's a really good a good example i think for for people uh scenarios uh, uh where people get scared and then they kind of you know become get their conservative selves but listen i mean look i i i, I don't want to take up so uh, I'm taking up so much of your time with you and getting oh, free, uh, free tutorials no, I here. With you. I love chatting with you. Yeah. Um, uh, but I mean, but, I mean look, you look, took you a took really a brave decision, decision, as you said, in the introduction to, to, you know, come out of teaching and set up a company to spread this really, really, you know, I, I feel 
probably will be one of the most transformative um, things that will happen in schools. And I'm not saying that just to be be, be nice um, or just because I'm sitting here, because I, I do believe, you know, the big difference between the 20th century uh, schools and 21st century schools won't, uh, uh, be, with the lack of, you know, we having our square spaces and things like that, that will be this, will be your circles, which will be the idea of relationships will be the difference. Uh, it won't be about uh, teacher in control, student being submissive and that kind of thing. It will be about, you know, equality of relationships. And I, I, I genuinely am saying that I think this will be the thing that will transform education um, for the 20th, 21st century. Um, so you've made the big step, uh, you know, a few years ago into setting up a, a business for, you know, helping schools to come on the same journey that you went on yourself and and transformed, I'm sure, your own uh, teaching and your life, I suppose, as well. Tell us about Connect RP as a as a as a company, as a as a as a an entity. So um, I guess I'm just so grateful that I I get to do what I feel I'm meant to do in the world. You know, I'm so passionate about it. Um, I've so many people helping me and I'm certainly not on my own um, growing that restorative approach. That's for sure. Uh, formerly within the company that I get to work in, but also I'm thinking of CDI and Tala West. I'm thinking of teachers, Margaret McGargle, Paddy O'Connor in, mm-hmm. in, in Donegal that we're bringing it into the Irish context, you know, um, and, and indeed, you know, there's, I, I have many mentors, many supports, but I guess, um, I work, I'm more discerning about what I do now. So I used to, when I started, I was kind of, you know, teaching, uh, I was working part-time in Maynooth in the university. I still lecture there with the, with the PMEs, but I was working for my friend's mom. I was working for, you know, I was doing all these jobs <laughs> to try and make a living, you know. Um, whereas now I get to kind of, I guess, be much more purposeful in what I'm doing. So I used to yeah. go from school to school to do an intro session. It was the same intro session over and over again. And I hope people had a nice experience, but it wasn't creating the change I wanted to be part yes. of, you know. So now I'm I'm kind of much clearer with a support from many people that help me. Um, so I kind of work in two ways with schools. So one is where we might, um, you know, there's a CPD session assembly of a team and the team mm-hmm. go on a journey. And I guess that journey is about really supporting um, and building capacity and sustainability and leadership within a school context. And, and yeah. if the school wishes then they might go to a whole school approach, which there's problems for parents and students and a board. And and indeed, I guess the staff, we have an action plan every month. So it's much yes. more about sustainability and um, and growth. And what I love yes. Yes. is that I partner all the schools together. So I ah. learn so much, so much from everybody else, but we all learn from one another. So we're trying to, I guess, implement in a way that models what we're chatting about and experience that res- that collective wisdom. That's what's gorgeous, you know, and I'm learning all the time, um, as I said. And yeah. I can kind of spend my time now, um, you know, responding iteratively to needs that might emerge I think that's a good idea or I could perhaps create a resource for this and and that's mm. what's lovely it's not the same thing over and over again it's much deeper um yes. I have a I have a conference on the 4th of March um great and that's ORP what's needed now and they they are good they're my favorite feeling day of the year because like I said lots of lots we co-created so I co-created with all my connector piece schools they contribute we have amazing keynote speakers who who give their time free as well all the money we raise <laughs> goes to Pieta House so it's a lovely feeling of a day but it, it's been described as an RP love fest and I promise you it is you know so um that's coming up in um 
<laughs> in March. And um, that's on the 4th. People can can register on my website, you know, um, connectorp.ie, um, my e-conference mm-hmm. page. Um, but that that will be a lovely, if you were kind of curious or a little bit interested in in, in, in the work that we do as, as ConnectorP, you know, I have a lovely team I get to work with um, now too. So I have that bit of support. So if you're curious about what we do, um, you might come along to that. Or, you know, again, there, I have a contact page on my website. And so you'll see the stuff that we do. Yeah. And if you wanted to get in touch, you know, people get in touch there. Brilliant. Brilliant. No, that sounds great. Sounds I mean, great the, the conference, the conference uh, uh, sounds, uh, sounds really, really good. So, really good. so uh, I, I, I hope loads of people will sign up. I'm sure, as I'm sure they I will. So. Um, I have I to have ask to you, ask and I have to ask every single guest that comes on to this uh, podcast one question, because uh, it is called question, If I Were the Minister for Education. But uh, I'm going to give you the reins of the Minister for Education for one day. Um, you have a benign dictatorship, so you can you can make one change to the education system. Um, and it doesn't have to be about RP or anything like that, but it can be. So if you were the Minister for Education, what is the one thing you would do? But they all, they, he dressed, they dress, she dressed up as a giraffe. They dressed up as giraffes, no money jokes. Um, you know, I look in line with that idea of promoting equity and inclusion. I think that restorative approach is so important. Um where we're trying to, again, identify needs. It's needs-led, it's values-based and needs-led. So I think we're really in line. I'd love to see a little bit of uh, a restorative approach modelled there around dialogue, uh, you know, when, pe- when, when, when our ministers are gathering and talking. I think, my goodness, if the leaders of our country could model that bit of positive communication and the listening skills that we talk about, mm. um, that would be, that would have, uh, that would, that would have a, a bit of an impact, you know, Um like we said at the teaching, if we're not modeling, we're, we're, we're doing something else. So I think sometimes I, you know, I find it so hard to, to watch discourse where people are just shouting at each other and no one's listening to anybody. So I think I'd love to see a bit of that integrated into, um, how the, how the ministers maybe communicate with each other and, and indeed with, with perhaps, um, us. Yeah, with yeah, with 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 teachers. So uh, I suppose what we're what what, what you'd be doing is you'd be forcing, <laughs> you're forcing the politics. Yeah, yeah, inviting, inviting Simon, <laughs> <laughs> enthusiastically inviting. Enthusiastically, but that's that's good. I like that one. Enthusiastically inviting people to the, your colleagues to talk to uh, to 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 talk to. Um, I suppose they're they're they're. Um, what, what would we call our, 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 our citizens in a, in a, in a more uh, sort of uh, yeah better manner? I, I'm not sure yeah. how to how, how we could how, form how that as a, a as a policy, but we we'll, you know it's a, it's a good answer. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, I, 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 before I let you go, I think it, uh, I'm sure people will be really interested if they haven't already been in touch with you. What is the easiest way uh, to get in touch with you and your work, and uh, maybe just give us a, a final reminder uh, about when the uh, conference is and how people can register. So, um, yeah, so connectorp.ie, that's the easiest way. We've been our schools page. You can see what schools are doing from them. You know, that, that's, a, that's a gorgeous resource. You might sign up to my newsletter um, because every every month I share a blog, but a little resource. I, that's what I'm kind of passionate about. I love sharing a little, you know, mm. something practical. So indeed, if you yes. if you look at my insights page, sign up for the newsletter. That's a little a little gift I like to be able to share each month. Um, and our conference, look, it's ten to one. It's on a Saturday, the fourth of March. But I promise you, you'll be bringing the Saturday vibes. You know, some of my teams and schools, they I see them there gathering. And I last year I was like, where are you guys in a hotel? And Phil Glass and Mimosa, they were coming <laughs> together. They're definitely bringing in those party <laughs> vibes. Um, so so when you think conference, think more like, you know, uh, party, 
heart, you know, and, and, and feeling, feeling better, I guess. That's what I always think when, when we think about those gatherings. If you feel better when you left than when you came, that's really the, the intention that I try and, um, uh, bring into the room, you know, so you, so I'm hoping to see some of you there. Uh, brilliant. Thank you so much, so uh, Michelle. Gosh, it's been absolutely wonderful uh, meeting you and chatting to you. And I hope it's I been hope a good one for you too. I have. Um, I really so enjoyed Michelle, it. I hope we no? get to reconnect again soon. Uh, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. No, I'm sure we will. So that is that Michelle Stowe, who is a teacher, founder and director of uh, RP Connect. And uh, thank you so much for, for joining me on If I Were the Minister for Education and uh, all the very best for the conference and um, I, and for all the work ahead. Thanks, Simon. So there we have it. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Sorry about the bit of echo on my voice there towards the end. Uh, just a little bit of a glitch uh, with the recording. I hope it wasn't too disturbing for you. Uh, thanks again to Michelle Stowe. And if you're interested in going to that conference, go to connectrp.ie. That's it for me for this week. Thanks so much for listening. All the very best. Goodbye. <laughs>